Welcome to the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influitive, where we talk with customer-obsessed people to uncover how you can be more customer-focused. I'm your host, Dan Calvar. Today, I'm joined by Mark Killens, the CMO of AirMeet, a premium webinar and event platform helping marketers book more meetings and get to pipeline faster. Mark was previously the VP of Content and Community at Drift, where he led the brand, content, creative, and events teams. Prior to joining Drift, he served as VP of Marketing and founder of HubSpot Academy that helped grow HubSpot to more than $600 million in revenue. When he's not at Airmeet, Mark enjoys plenty of steak and lobster, a round or two of golf, and loves being on snow or in the ocean. In this episode, Mark educated me about customer education. Mark believes that customer education is an incredibly important way to drive value for your customers and grow your business. And as the founder of HubSpot Academy, he's definitely worth listening to on this topic. Mark and I chatted about why customer education can be a massive differentiator. He shares his thoughts on why more companies aren't investing in this. And he also shares some aspirational examples of companies who are really doing this right. Mark, welcome to the All About the Customer podcast. So great to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for the conversation, Dan. So today we're, we're going back to school. We're talking about customer education. Uh, and I think this term can mean different things to different people. So I, I think maybe we should start off just with defining what customer education is in your eyes. You, you can bust out a dictionary. You can do it off the top of your head. How do you normally define customer education? I'm trying to do this super simple. Adding more value to each and every customer. That's simple. That's the episode. We could just stop right there. I just have like a 40 second episode. What are some examples of what you think of when you think of customer uh, education? Not necessarily examples at, at different companies. We'll get into that. But like, what are the different activities that can often make that up? So it actually starts before someone becomes a customer. You should be educating and teaching and adding tangible value when they are becoming aware of a problem, when they know they have a problem, when they're looking for a solution, when they're talking to, which is by the way, this is how most people buy these days, when they're talking to their friends, coworkers, past colleagues, <laughs> so when they're in the, in the community, you're just trying to add some level of knowledge that's tangible, that's real to those future customers. And then as they become a customer, they get more and more personalized and specific knowledge and advice, education, as they go through that sales process, depending on how it's designed, of course. But as soon as they become a customer and how, the, how you have your emotions set up to bring that customer to their first core value point, there's education there. There's then the ongoing education. Um, and it gets you know, nuanced with then saying, well, who is this person? Thinking about the buyer persona, then the user persona and all that stuff. But it starts very early on. And that's where I think a lot of people miss or don't think about customer education right. It, it starts with marketing at the end yeah. of the day. And I, I think that's a, a common thing I've seen in a lot of our episodes. Like one comes to mind with Donna Weber, who's the onboarding expert. And she talks about how everybody thinks it starts when the customer signs a contract, but it actually starts before. And we talk about this in a customer education uh, front I know this is something that with the HubSpot Academy, it ended up evolving into was, you know, hey, let's educate customers uh, ahead of time and that can impact their ACV. Like, can you talk about that side of things with what you did with HubSpot? Uh, you know, HubSpot, the whole company was built on this philosophy of um, add value before you're asking for value in return. That's fundamental. It's philosophical. So I think a lot of this stuff when it comes to like customer education programs and 
how well you create mindshare in both the mind, the heart, and even the soul of someone, a current customer, a future customer, comes down to your philosophical approach as a business. Like, what do you believe in? It's definitely related to your point of view, but for this particular conversation and topic right now, it's like, how do you approach your go-to-market? Like, meaning, how do you approach marketing, sales, CS, product, and finance? And what's your point of view and how transparent, helpful, and I guess you could say human, <laughs> lack of a better term, but like you know, transparent, helpful, human, personalized, if you will, uh, you want to be and or can be because there's, of course, financial constraints involved in every business. At HubSpot, you know, it was built on this premise of inbound marketing, the old way, new way, um, adding a lot of value, being very helpful, being very human, being very much like just educators, like teach people how to be better at XYZ. It might have to do with HubSpot, might not have to do with HubSpot. In many cases, it didn't. And it was an indirect or very direct thing that connected to HubSpot. So when it came to, um, you know, education, which by the way, I think is just content for the most part, content and experts packaged in a way that creates a, creates an outcome and that creates an outcome that's repeatable. So when you think about like a sales process, right, that's just a lot of content. That's a lot of um, expertise, hopefully, right, in the form of a good salesperson, solution consultant, other people helping someone get to an outcome. So with, with, with HubSpot, we focused on then saying, we have all this great content. How do we turn this into programmatic education courses, classes, certifications, online cohort-based live training? You know, we, they do all these things. We did all these things. And if we can get some customers or a lot of our customers before they become a customer to engage with that stuff uh, in, in the sales process or even pre the sales process, it's going to generate better qualified buyers, more interest in higher degrees of intent, like their, their intent level and motivation level, you could call it, say, forget intent, but like their motivation level uh, and their interest level goes up and they intrinsically become more willing to talk to sales, work with sales. They're not so resistant. They understand things better, which means that the salesperson can actually then become much more specific with how they teach that potential customer to use HubSpot in the context of their business. So they don't have to do all like the broad-based education and like teaching. They already know that. Now it's like, no, no, no. Okay, great. You came to us. You have these problems. Your business is like this. This is who you sell to. Let's help you create a custom way to, to use HubSpot in by marketing this approach. And they're educating in a much more one-to-one -one personalized level, much more human-to-human, -human, if you will, adding a lot more value, which has resulted in larger ACVs, right? Like the buyer is more educated. They understand the value. The salesperson can add even more value on top of that. So it might take a little bit longer, the sales process, but the average contract value increased. And then immediately they were able to see so much value so much faster. Now the motion with HubSpot 2 is education is happening with all these free users. Well, they're not maybe a paying customer, but they're still a customer they're using for free. Let's add a tremendous amount of value to those free users, help them use the free CRM, the free marketing products, et cetera, more and more. And at that time, when they actually eventually do talk to sales, they're using the software, they're educated about it, they're seeing results. And it's just this massive momentum driver and flywheel that has that is really hard to stop. I mean, HubSpot literally, you know, we're recording this podcast on, on a Thursday. HubSpot released earnings yesterday 
They did half a billion dollars in revenue because this flywheel is up and running in a quarter. Mark mentioned how this could potentially slow things down for sales reps, but that might be a good thing. And actually, maybe it'll slow things down at one step, but then speed things up later on. Brent Adamson, author of The Challenger Sale, explored this in episode 15 of the show when he talked about customer confidence. And I think what Mark's sharing here around customer education meshes nicely with that. Brent said that at Gartner, they found that customer confidence was the biggest driver of what they call the high quality, low regret deal. That's one where the customer bought more and felt good about it. Imagine if you could help your prospects see a ton of value in your product even before they started paying for it. Suddenly, buying doesn't seem like that much of a risk. That's the role that customer education can have before the customer signs. Like, why do you think that good customer education is such a, a differentiator for, for companies? What does this look like when it's done well? Customers can clearly articulate to you and to other people why you're better and different, how you're going to help them, what the thing is you're selling them, and they're basically selling themselves, right? Education at the end of the day is a form of salesmanship, right? That's why I think education is the most powerful ways we can change the world for the better. It's one of the most powerful sales tools. Education is about empowerment. So if you can empower your buyers and your customers in just some direction to learn, right? And, and, and you're going to have to give them some different experiences because some people, I'm not a huge believer in like, you know, different like learning styles per se, but some people will gravitate towards certain types of content, types of learning experiences than others. You kind of want to figure out what makes sense for your go-to-market motion, right? So if you're really PLG, your education is mostly going to be in the form of like videos, right? Some probably live training, live like experiences, meaning like webinars, online events, maybe some in-person stuff. Um, it's going to be more one to few and one to many, right? Because you don't have a lot, of, a lot of sales team, right? But when you get to the sales team, if your PLG you know, motion does have like a, a sales-led motion with it, that's where you got to make sure that like your sales team understands what has happened probably in the mind of these buyers before they talk to the sales team. And they provide, and they're trained, and provide a different level of knowledge sharing that's, like I was saying before, much more specific. So I think it's, I think good customer education takes into account always the buyers and customers, but it also takes into account your actual go-to-market motions because they have to be thought about together. And so why do you think that companies aren't investing more in this? I feel like every company has something that you could describe as customer education, like at least in the you know B2B SaaS space, let's say. Like they have some sort of onboarding motions, they have some sort of kickoff processes, some sort of knowledge bases that you could consider customer education, but not that many companies are heavily investing in this or have a lot of dedicated company-wide processes around this. Why do you think that's the case? Uh, skill sets. It's, I mean, yeah, you, there's a spectrum of education, like you said. Knowledge bases on one end, full-blown certification courses that drive tangible customer outcomes and business outcomes is on another case. I built those at two companies. I was involved in all, like very different and much harder, right? So skill sets, lack of understanding of what education is and how it, how it uh, delivers to the bottom line, Short-term thinking versus long-term thinking, a lot of that. Status quo, huge status quo effect here. People, you know, VCs don't understand this stuff. Others, you know, it's becoming more popularized. popularized. You know, I think, you know, HubSpot was a, a probably a pretty big reason for that, right? Um, but, you know, 
education is like a combination of a few different things. It's such a loaded term, just like community, just like, because you could say almost anything's education, right? Oh, well, your website page, that's educating me. It's like, yeah. So I think we have to also understand like, what do we mean by education? And, and that's where you have to kind of get down to like the outcomes. And, you know, some people you know don't like Bloom's taxonomy. Some people like Bloom's taxonomy. There's different like, ways to think about mastery. But that's how I think about it. Like if you're trying to get someone to a level of mastery, a website page ain't going to do that. No, it's not going to do that. It's going to maybe help them remember or understand something. <laughs> but are they going to be able to go off and, and literally do something on their own in a repeatable, repeatable way and then create an idea from that because of just looking at a website page? Unless it's like a super comprehensive website page that has a ton of different uh, things that are going on to get the person to actually validate what they're learning and apply what they're learning which probably a website page isn't the best delivery mechanism for those things. You're not going to be able to do that, right? So it, there's probably a lot of reasons why customer education is is still very nascent and isn't that well understood. And I think, I think actually, though, if I had to put like a big, you know, horse in a race, you know, outside of like my space I'm in right now, which is like live experiences in the form of events and webinars, uh, the other horse I would put in that race, I should say, would be education. Because like, I don't know, AI is going to impact both things, but like, you know, I think education will, of course, be impacted by AI, AI, but like, it's much now going to be more about like doing it and getting people to experience it and use it and try it and play with things. And that's going to be a great thing, I think, for marketers and companies because it, it forces you to then think more about like what the buyer is trying to do and achieve. And it, it, it will it will change things, I think, for the better. And so I'd, I'd love to, to take a step back and dive into a couple of the reasons that you said that uh, you felt like people weren't investing in this. So so one of them being not seeing that straight line to the, to the bottom line. How do you feel like, what are the straight lines that you can draw between customer education and the bottom line? Like when this is done really well, like what are, what are the things that you feel like it impacts? Well, are you talking about pre-sale or post-sale or both? Where do you want to start? I mean, I guess probably start pre-sale, but I, I guess I'd love to cover both of them. And how would you define education pre-sale? Because again, education is a loaded term, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess you're, you're the expert here. How would you define education pre-sale? I would have multiple definitions. So <laughs> it's like a blog, right? You know, blog, you can say it's education, Just educational blog. But like, would you, like, if you ask a teacher teaching in college or high school, like, would you say a blog is education? I don't know if they would say that. Probably not. <laughs> but but then I would say, well, is a blog like an online version of a textbook? Or is it not structured well enough to be viewed as a textbook? You see what I'm, you see what I'm kind of getting at here? Like, it's is an ebook education? Closer to it, probably. Yeah, it can aid in education. It's tricky. So that's why I think marketers, like, marketers, are, you know, have not been trained to be educators. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a big knowledge gap at the CMO level, at the marketing team level. Um, you know, they're they're built to maximize the efficiency and conversion of attention. They're built to think transactional to some degree, and not as much about the like the, the long term relationship. Goes back to your philosophy, your kind of point of view, right? You guys. It's a layer cake, you know, and it also goes back to just how leadership wants to lead the company. Like, you know, if you're trying to flip a company and say, look, like I'm trying to build a company and then flip it, sell it in two or three years, would you do a lot of customer education in, the, in like the sense that I think we're kind of talking about now where it's like, you know, more real education? 
Probably not. There's some cases where you might do that because that's the best way to, to get to the customer and, and, and get to that revenue and then flip the company. But it takes time. Like this is not, I mean, ChatGPT, lar- large language models, prompts, all of these things will help make you faster at creating education. The question is then like, you know, those things will also then change how buyers and customers want to experience things. So will they want to go through education? Like how valid now is a certification? Like I think the, the team at HubSpot Academy is hopefully thinking a lot about, well, we have all these certifications. Someone can just put this into uh, an AI model and like everyone's gonna be able to pass the certification in like three seconds. That's across the board. So what does that mean? So I don't know. Like I'm, I'm, just, I'm asking all these things maybe back to you and to the audience listening because we're definitely at this inflection point for like B2B go-to-market overall. We're at this inflection point for education. We're at this inflection point for teaching overall. You know, I have two young kids. I think in 10 years, 15 years, my hope is there'd be way less, way less multiple choice tests. There will be some still, but it's going to be super proctored, I think. You know, you won't be able to bring your phone into the room. Um, you know, it's going to be intense. So anyway, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess, you know, you talked about part of the reason, you know, people at the higher up levels aren't seeing or aren't making the investment into customer education is not seeing that straight line to the bottom line. So do you feel like from a pre-sales perspective that it is, it is just hard to draw that straight line? I mean, there are certain things, you know, going back to what we talked about with HubS- HubSpot Academy, where hopefully people who are more educated, that will then turn into higher, you know, contract values. I mean, that seems like a straight line that you could hopefully draw. Maybe it's a, a bit of a squiggly uh, line that you could draw, but are, are there other things like that that you can typically point to between customer education and the pre-sales process to the bottom line? But so anything in marketing and sales these days is, is not a straight line like attribution. Yeah. So it's like, not, it's like this, is, this is not education. Like not, this is not about customer education. Well, all customer education is in the sense we're talking about now is, is a type of offering that you would use to convert someone's interest and attention into revenue. So it's very easy to draw straightish lines. They sign up for the certification. They complete the certification. They sign up for this class. They took this online workshop. They watch this video. Did they become a customer? Of course, they're probably going to do many other things. <laughs> so then the question is, did that thing source the contact? Did it source the opportunity, meaning was it the last thing they did before they became an opportunity? Was it the last thing they did before they became a lead? Was it a big part of the journey where it influenced it significantly? Attribution, right? It's, all you're basically asking about is just attribution to revenue. There is no perfect attribution. So then what precedes that? I keep saying it. I think it's the philosophy of the company. It's the philo- and, and it's also then the efficiency in which you can build those things. Because a good customer education program will always be used in both places to grow revenue and to retain revenue. I, I hate, it really pains me, hate's a strong word, but uh, it, it's very annoying to see like customer education only being used for one of the two things. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. It seems like you hate it. I think you can, I think you can use the word hate here. It seems like- Well, it makes it. no sense. I mean, cause I, we <laughs> did, we, we, at HubSpot and Drift, we used it for both things and it created significantly more results for the companies and for our customers. But then you see some companies like, oh, we're only, you know, and this, well, the marketing team doesn't want to do this or the CS team doesn't want to do this. Like, get over yourself. Like, th- this is where like, you don't have a unified go-to-market. And if you go to market, if your go-to-market is not unified, you got way bigger issues than a customer education issue. 
And one of the things that you mentioned too, uh, and I heard you talk about another podcast on this was, you know, lack of skill sets in, internally and instructional design being one of them. Can, can you talk about that? And like, what, if you're trying to do this right at a company and you're trying to actually have like really good customer education, what does that team structure tend to look like? I, I mean, yeah, you, you need, I, I'm super much a believer in, in having at least one like instructional designer on your marketing team at some point. Or you have to have it on the customer education team. Like instructional design, they teach in school. There's master's programs for it. It's the design of education, right? It's the design of instruction that can be validated, that is repeatable almost, right? It's like repeat, like, you know, you can apply this to, to, to X amount of people. It's just like you would have like a product designer build a sequence of screens to get someone onboarded into, into a product, right? Like it, there's, there's design there, right? So... You know, a classic tactical thing that you can look up is like backwards planning. Backwards planning is a way to plan backwards from the outcome. And what is what needs to happen for someone to get to that outcome? So start with the end in mind. Like, hey, we want our customers, uh, we can use uh, Drift's example. We, we want our customers to um, be able to get their website, having more conversations with people visiting the website, and then book meetings from those conversations. That's the outcome we're trying to get our customers and our future customers to understand how to do. How do we backwards plan from that, right? And then you start to say like, a Drift user will be able to dot, 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 dot. And then there's a verb that follows that will be able to, and you fill in the blank, right? And you create all these statements that help you kind of understand what the person's gonna need to, to, to remember, understand, apply, create, et cetera, to be able to get to that outcome at the end of the day and make it in a repeatable way. And there's a ton, I am not an expert in instructional design. I know very little about it. I will say though, like, you know, there's, and there's a lot of approaches to it. This is where marketers, they're not taught any of this. Like, no, they're taught how to write and how to activate channels and all this other stuff, right? Like this is a very different skill set when you think about education in that way. But like, what you can do as, a, as an interim, for example, if you're a marketer listening, you can say, well, I'm going to think about the outcomes I want people to get from this ebook. So for every ebook I create, for every even blog article I write, for every, you know, let's start with the end in mind. What do we want this person to be and or be able to do after they read this? And at what level of ma- mastery do we want them to be at after reading, watching, or listening to this thing? And so if you're trying to bring on an instructional designer uh, on your team, like have you do you have any advice on that? Like do you can you find unicorns who have a background in instructional design and marketing? Are you just trying to find somebody who, are you trying to find a marketer who has a bit of a instructional design interest? Like what, what does that look like when you're trying to hire for it? I mean, I might be found one of those at HubSpot, one or two people like uh, KG, Kristen. Um, no, you just got to bring in someone who knows what they're, like, a, special, a specialized person, like someone who's like, just like, for example, like you could bring in a generalist marketer, but You'll only get so far, right? You'll, you know, unless you just stay, you know, high level general, you don't need to go deeper into any type of like specialization or that person learns one or two really specialized things and they start to focus on that, right? Like, you know, unless you're devoting 15 years to becoming good at all these functions, right? You know, it takes 10, 15 years, I think, to be like really, really masterful in a few things. But even then you can only, you'll lose your, your edge on some things, right? Cause like, <laughs> it's just, your brain can only hold so much. And, and you only can have so many experienced at one time. You need someone like this, right? And I think you could you could have someone who does both, meaning they serve like the customer success team and the marketing team. One person, and they could even serve at Drift. We had these people. We had two people 
they serve the HR team. They help the HR team build stuff. And they're similar at HubSpot. So like, don't think that like an instructional designer has to be just for one team. Like if you have limited resources, hire one person, let them be a service, almost like a creative services team within a marketing team to the rest of the company. I like that. And and if you if you were bringing on this person within marketing, like would you recommend finding somebody who's an instructional designer and teaching them marketing versus bringing on a marketer and teaching them instructional design? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's definitely the former thing. The first thing you said. No, no, no. You got. You can find someone that might want to go to school for instructional design, but like you'll have to have them go through at least an online certificate, yeah. a real degree program. This this stuff. I mean, to do it at the level that I'm talking about, like to do it at say like HubSpot's or Salesforce's level. You know, like yeah. <laughs> so what what are some examples? I mean, we've talked about a lot about HubSpot, uh, but what, what are some other examples of companies that you feel like are doing a really good job of customer education? So, so I'm going to ask you the question again. Like, are you talking like certification, like practicums, assessment type education, or is it more just like, hey, they're educating the market really well? Like, what do you mean? I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess both. I mean, I guess within you know the the audience of the show is often going to be you know B two B SaaS companies. So I, I feel like examples like that are probably pretty good. But I think also you can often learn a lot of things if you really want to differentiate yourself from people outside of your industry. So, so maybe you can give an example of both, like who, who's an example of, you know, maybe something B2B SaaS is doing good certification type stuff and who's maybe something that is not a direct competitor of a lot of these B2B companies, but they could aspire to be more like them. I think a lot of B2B companies that have a PLG kind of first or a very strong PLG motion have done a lot with customer education, especially product education. So I think there's like product education just as like a subset of customer education. So one that just kind of stands out because we're very big users of it. Uh, actually, HubSpot was using it when I was there. Drift and now Airmeet is Asana. Asana. I mean, Asana is legit stuff. Like they have certifications. You go through things. You have learning paths, tracks, like very good. Like because they know like what happens is you, you you take this education in, you build habits, you build rituals. That stuff is hard to rip and replace. It's like you, you create a lot of brand affinity, right? Like think about... One of the easiest ways to sell, just I'll go back to your question in a second. One of the easiest ways to maybe sell education to an executive is say, hey, so where'd you go to school? Like, which college did you go to? Okay, so, so why do you love that college? Teachers, experience, you know, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. You have a lot of affinity for that, for that, right? You love that college. You, you kind of donate, you go back, you know, do things. Yeah, 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 I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. So imagine applying that to our business. And then you just mic drop and just walk away. Well, that's just an ex- that's just one way to sell it. <laughs> that won't resonate with some people, right? If you had a if you had a founder that just did not go to college, it's not going to work. But again, like that's how you sell, right? You get to know somebody, you understand what makes them like tick. If they love their college and they're going back for you know the the football games or they're donating a lot, they're active in the alumni society group or, or you know society, whatever. But I don't know how you could refute that. <laughs> you know, it's like I don't. What's a counter argument to that? But again, that's philosophical. So there's that. Um, so examples that are maybe outside of B2B. I mean, the all-time classic is the company that begins with the letter A, Apple. I mean, classic example of, of amazing education. Have you ever taken a class from Apple? I haven't, no. Oh, it's it's ridiculous experience. In person, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm assuming they still do it since the pandemic. I don't know why they would move away from this, but like going to an Apple store... Apple certified trainers, Apple, like, I mean, Apple is just, you know, they, they use education to build an ecosystem. A lot of great open source development companies 
tremendous educators, right? Like, because they're, they're using education to add value to the community, which can use the open source code and development, right? Like, it's like, you know, it's like, um, it's that. So, you know, there's other companies that don't have maybe like pure on certification programs and stuff that like I do like, uh, and it's more from a marketing standpoint. I think a great example of this is Patagonia. I mean, you know, I, I like what they believe in. I like, you know, but like they educate their customer base through their community of customers or people like their customers, right? Like the other good example of this, similar Patagonia, but not, you know, a different product line is Yeti. Yeti is tremendous. Yeti went from 100 million, I think in 2013 to like 1.2 billion in revenue, I think one or two years ago, all through <laughs> unstructured education, classic, great inbound marketing, creator type economy stuff. I have a lot of Yeti stuff and I get their physical ma uh, magazine, their physical content that they send in the mail. And it's all about like, yeah, how to, you know, how to think about, uh, you know, a new way to tie flies, how to think about, uh, you know, going on this trip uh, in this part of the world um, and catching this type of, you know, species of fish. Uh, I mean, that's like, that's education, <laughs> you know? So it's like, again, what is education? I know I keep going back in that like question, but like you really have to ask yourself that I think. I love the Yeti example because I'm always looking for marketing inspiration outside of my space. B2B and B2C can oftentimes be vastly different, but B2B has a ton we can learn from B2C. I looked into Yeti's customer education processes and I found a quote from their co-founder, Roy Cedars. He said, I really felt like we educated our consumers on the selling points of our product. So when someone had a Yeti cooler in the back of their truck, they could defend that. And I mean, let's be honest, when you're selling a $300 cooler, it's pretty important. But Yeti fans feel like they're getting the value that they're paying for. They rave about their products. They're fiercely passionate. Not everyone's brand is going to have the cult following of Yeti, but it's an aspirational example of how customer education can be done well, and it's worth diving into. Let's say I, I stole you, Mark, from Airmeet, and I dropped you into a B2B SaaS company who's, I don't know, let, let, let's say, uh, you know, not not quite Apple size or anything like that, but, you know, let, let, let's say they're a fairly large company, let's say, you know, two to 300 employees, and they didn't really have any formalized customer education processes. I know there's not going to be like a one-size-fits-all one way to do this, but what are the types of steps you would take? Who are the, you know, teams you would put together to try to get this off of the ground? The most important thing is now your, your company, like in brand level point of view. Like, what do you believe? Why do you believe it? How do you believe that thing comes to life? Like, if you, if you don't have like anything that's uniquely you from like a differentiator standpoint, you know, a different way to solve this problem or a unique way to solve this problem. So, well, how, your education is going to be vanilla, generic. I, I don't know. Like, you, so, and that's even beyond education. Like, you need to have a point of view. Like, especially with AI, especially with everyone copying everyone now and more in the future, like... It starts there. So like there's like, I think of it as positioning levels like of altitude almost. So you have like the brand level, you have solution level, product level, feature level, value level. Like you have these five core levels of altitude in, in terms of positioning and then education. You educate people on the brand. You educate people on the solution. You educate people on the product. You educate people on the features. You educate people about the value, which, you know, some people say, well, the value should be throughout the whole thing. Yeah, but like, the value is the base of the mountain. It's the base of the of the the pyramid. It's where the plane 
lands is where the rubber meets the runway. Because without like real value being created for customers, there's then no outcome. And then without an outcome, is there education? I don't know. There could be, but then it's just education for education's sake, I suppose. But like, what if there's no outcome? Like, then the education failed. Like, I mean, that's that's where your mind starts to kind of get. War- I'm not trying to go way deep here, but like, but again, it goes back to the positions of altitude, right? So you you start there, and then you start to break that up. You start to figure out the red thread between those positions of altitude, and then you say, well, how do can we apply different types, styles of education? to converting someone to believe these things at these different levels of altitude so that at the end of the day, they are screaming those things with us. What part of the organization do you feel like this makes most sense to, to live under? I mean, I think marketing or customer success are like common ones, but we're... Simple answer, marketing. Not even yet. I mean, HubSpot Academy started in customer success and it was very clear at some point that we had to go to marketing. I, I think marketing leaders need to be the uniter of the go-to-market and C-suite. I think they need to take the CEO's go-to-market strategy and decisions and, and help everyone across five core uh, functions of the company bring them to life. Uh, there's many reasons why I think that. Uh, marketing has the biggest budgets. Marketing has the biggest channels and communicate. It's marketing. I, I, I don't know. It's marketing. <laughs> and and, and why isn't it customer success? Is just because of the opposite of all the things that you said? Customer success should be like super involved in all of this. Super involved. Customer success is where like the one-to-one or maybe the one-to-few educational combats lie. Because again, like if, if it's customer success, then like you have to think of like how do you distribute this stuff? Like, but if marketing is thinking about, well, how do we use this in customer success to g- generate more expansion pipeline and more revenue for the business while working with customer success on it, there'll be a better outcome guaranteed. So is there anything around this topic of customer education we haven't touched on already that you feel like would be good to get in here? I mean, there's there's a lot, but... <laughs> I think we covered most of it. I mean, not most of it, but we covered a lot. I can't... Um, I mean, I proposed some kind of big questions that we didn't go into, so we, we could do that at some point. But um, there's a lot to consider when you think about like customer education. And maybe, maybe just the term customer education, you know, that's where a lot of the confusion lies. I'll just say that because then you, you initially think it's implied that, well, it's for customers. Like, no, it's not for customers. It's for everyone. So maybe you just drop that and just say it's, it's you know, it's market education. Because at the end of the day, customers exist in your market. So I don't know. There probably is a better term, quite frankly. That's the only thing I'll, I'll, I'll maybe like leave it with. And so the, the wrap-up question that I asked everybody for our listeners at home, if there's one step that they can take to move more in the direction of being customer centric, what's, what's one thing that they can do today, tomorrow to get more in that direction? I mean, this is a really, this is a crap answer, Mark, but it's very, very true. Become the customer or talk to a lot more customers. So if you don't have a way, if you don't have a way to actually become your customer and that, that, that's definitely the case for some businesses, talk to a lot of customers. So that's like, that's number one, but you'd be still, I'm still shocked by how many people don't spend literally every week talking to customers. I'm not talking like once a month or like I'm talking every week. I talk to probably one or two customers a day. No exaggeration. Like, no, that's either, you know, live conversation, an online conversation on LinkedIn, a conversation via email. And actually if I take, you know, if I take email into consideration, it's probably like, yeah, like 15 to 20 customers a week I'm talking to. So there's that, but then like a tactical, tactical thing 
is we, we, we talked about it a good amount, but like the backwards planning, the outcome, focus on the outcome, the value. You know, you can, you can look at things like command the message, value drivers, business value consulting. That's an interesting term. Google that. You'll see, you'll find some stuff, but like, how do you get someone to a quantifiable way to know that your education, whatever that looks like or, or might be, got them to that value? And at the end of the day, that's what colleges do. They quantify that you have some level of having learned this, understood this, or mastered this. So how do you understand if your customers are understanding something, learning something, understanding something, or mastering something, and quantify it? I love both of those. I don't think that first one was a crap answer. I, th- I feel like not enough people are. I, I feel like not everybody can be their customer base, but I feel like more people can talk to their customers than are currently doing it. So I, I think both of those answers are good, Mark. Awesome. Well, Mark, this has been great. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Dan. Good conversation. A challenge that customer education is always going to face, as illustrated in many of the questions I asked to Mark, is how to define it. Many companies probably think they're already doing it, and maybe even doing it well, while outsiders would disagree. But while it can be tough to pin down an exact definition, it's clear that the impact can be huge. Mark shared examples of companies doing this well, like HubSpot and Drift, where he worked, and household names like Apple and Yeti. And while it's not the only thing setting these brands apart, it's certainly a big piece. When done well, customer education can help bring happy customers in the door, retain them, and turn them into advocates. It's something that will look different in a direct and consumer brand than it will in the B2B space, but the impacts will likely be similar. If your company hasn't started investing enough in educating your customers, maybe it's time you started. This has been the All About the Customer podcast brought to you by Influtive. I've been your host, Dan Kalmar. Until next time, maybe start looking for instructional designers or become one. Sounds like they might be in high demand.